Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. It's uh, pretty late on Sunday. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Yeah, yeah. You hey. grinded it out this week. Community day. Oh yeah, the week. <laughs> <laughs> I had a long week. Yeah, the teaching evaluation for yourself and mm-hmm. uh, a couple other things. Winston. Yes, please. <laughs> he does. He does. Poor couple. little boy. We think they're coming in from outside, but we're doing all our preventative stuff that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had community day today. Yeah. Yes. How was that for you? It was good. The, yeah. the start time got messed up. Yeah. It was chaotic at the beginning. And but we played the whole time until 2. We did. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. You've been working on your recap video. Yeah, I'm editing right now, so yeah, taking Maybe a break to do the podcast. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We'll get the podcast out and at least edited. Maybe out later. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the week look like? The reg, the regular. Yeah, I have another evaluation. Yeah, I back to back. Well, doctor's appointment meetings, all of that's on Tuesday. Yeah, you're loaded <laughs> up on Tuesday. Whoops. I'm not. I'm not too busy until Thursday, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Cool. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, one's ready. Everyone should turn to page 215, Nicholas Flamel. Today's lesson is called Quick Conclusions. Mm-hmm. A simple title, but uh, it fits. It's nighttime and somebody's revving their engine. Okay, a synopsis. The chapter starts with Harry extra nervous about his next Quidditch match because he has learned Snape will be refereeing. After consoling Neville with a chocolate frog, after his latest bout of bullying from Malfoy, Harry notices the name Nicholas Flamel in the text on Dumbledore's card. The trio discover that Flamel is the only known creator of the Sorcerer's Stone, a mysterious and powerful object known to prolong life. Harry learns that Dumbledore is attending the Quidditch match, and his fears that Snape will attack him subside completely. In his relief, he catches the snitch exceptionally fast. After the match, he follows Snape into the Forbidden Forest on his broomstick and overhears a discussion between Snape and Professor Quirrell about the Sorcerer's Stone and its protection inside the castle. Very brief synopsis. Nice. So I didn't realize, so you're calling this quick conclusions. I am. Um, that it also connects to the Quidditch match. Yeah, that was my thinking. really quickly. I think she does that a lot, right? It's been a, something that I think about in my own writing where if I want scenes or even chapters to kind of read almost like episodic television where there's this theme and it kind of cuts through it. Because there's an obvious theme and like the stage of the progression of the mystery here of the Sorcerer's Stone where Harry and the rest quick to jump to conclusions every time they get a new piece of information today is about nicholas flamel they kind of just jump to the conclusion that like basically snape is after it Mm -hmm. and then i think jk rowling is writing the quidditch match to end fast in that same way the other thing that i was thinking about was uh neville coming to a conclusion about himself so quickly Mm -hmm. i mean it's been it's not that quick for him but He's already decided that like the sorting hat has made a mistake and he is not a Gryffindor. 
Yeah, Neville uh, really stood out to me in this chapter. I think that, well, I mean, you could say that for all of them. So like Malfoy, his uh, Draco's thing is like, he's just so mean. He's so mean to everyone. And he's like, it's it's actually kind of, he's not creative about it. He says no, the same thing not. over and over. He's like, oh, Ron, you're poor. Harry, yeah. you have no parents. <laughs> yeah, there's that one. It, uh, Yeah, we'll get into it. But it reminds me that it happens in the uh, other scene. I know I said in the past one that I thought it was the only scene, but it's uh, it's not. We have equivalently another Quidditch scene where Harry is up in the air, and he's actually not partaking in this in this part of the scene mm-hmm. with uh, with Draco. Yeah, basically laundry listing his uh, his old favorite uh, insults. Yeah, does he say like Hermione is a Muggleborn or something? I don't even know. No, he no, he was only picking on those. Oh, okay, okay. Neville saying that he yeah. was dumb. Yeah. But and then Neville fights him, fights Crab and Goyle. Well, yeah. Gets he, knocked he, out. He tries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ron is like the the one that's like quick to just jump on the situation. So what I loved about the exchange with so like part of the search for Nicholas Flamel, which we're gonna have to do like a whole deep dive on the Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. and because Nicholas Flamel, Nicholas Flamel is a real person mm-hmm. that comes up in uh, several fantasy or fiction type yes, stories, he does. and there's just too too much information to get into for this specific chapter, just because we only see his name in the mention, and that supposedly he's like 665 years old. Yeah, but, maybe somebody we could get into in the book wrap yeah, when we talk the, about the whole the book. summary, yeah. for sure. Um, and we'll have more content to go off of with Fantastic the, Beasts. Well, the Sorcerer's Stone and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Just the concept of it. But the, the just how it kind of goes back to, and it's actually in the earlier on, on pages 102 and 103, that's where Harry first sees the Dumbledore card and mm-hmm. reads it out loud. And so mm-hmm. we had already seen this information. Mm-hmm. And, and J.K. Rowling even sprinkles it in where Harry's like, because it happens in this mm-hmm. chapter, but I think it happens like before, where he's like, I swear I've read his name somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And why would Harry, like Harry who knows nothing, like it has to be something very specific. And what I loved about the whole thing, though, is that Harry... So they find this out because Harry gives Neville his last chocolate frog who he got as a gift from Hermione for Christmas. So gives it to Neville because Neville's all sad and he's like trying to cheer him up and like pep talk and be like, you're worth 12 of Malfoy, which is, That's like which is what he says. He says it. He's so I'm sweet. worth 12 of you. Oh, yeah. Neville. And um, so he does that. And so like, all of that happens and Neville's like, oh, here, you want the card? And then it's just like right in your <laughs> hand. And that's when Hermione, who also like, yes, she's part of the chocolate frog thing. But then she pulls it together and is like, oh, OK, he's the maker. Of this mm-hmm. She stone. runs off and gets that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just like all comes yeah. together and it's like all of them are involved. It's really nice. It's a very uh, similar scene in some way to uh, something much later in book seven when uh, Harry finds out the mysterious identity of R.A.B. And he has this time where he like reads it and he's kind of like, in this one, 
she doesn't milk it in the same way in terms of like, I think when in that book, he, he, in that scene, he has like this wash over him and he doesn't even quite recognize why this is much faster because they've already been looking for Nicholas Flamel. So the name is just like pops at him, mm-hmm. but it's kind of funny in that way because it's similar where like he reads something and then like, he's like, I found him, you know, mm-hmm. but it's kind of uh it's accidental. It's like you said, like, it's just Neville reciprocating this kind act from Harry and like just, yeah, just as uh, serendipitous, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, event- this guy is famous enough. Eventually they would have found him. But I like how it's a tight plot device. It makes sense that they wouldn't be looking at the right thing. Like yeah. they're just, oh, like when Hagrid says it's between, you know, Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel, they just assume like, He's a modern day wizard. Like, let's look in modern day wizards. And if he like has association with Dumbledore, we'll certainly find him. Mm -hmm. I suspect that, I guess now that I'm saying how how tight the plot device is, if they would have read a biography of Dumbledore, who they know is associated with Nicholas Flamel, I imagine they would have came across it, but that's all right. It's still really a great, Mm -hmm. it's such a clever way to have it. They're like researching him and they're not necessarily making a lot of mistakes in the research, but why would they look at somebody from the 14th century? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty fun. It's a, I've always really liked how the mystery kind of unfolds in this book. It's not a particularly like dangerous or mysterious mystery. It's just like somebody's identity. And then the sorcerer's stone becomes a bit more mysterious, but mm-hmm. yeah. Then we have Snape, mm-hmm. Snape and Quirrell. Yeah. Well, so before that, so like mm-hmm. Harry's going to the Quidditch match mm-hmm. and it's like all nervous. And <laughs> I was reading kind of fast earlier today, but then when I was taking it a little slower, looking for some quotes that stood out to me. Uh, so like Ron and Hermione bring their wands to the stands and Neville's all like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sure. I don't know why you brought your wands, but I sit by me, I guess. Ron's got it up his sleeve. <laughs> and, and they had been practicing the leg lock and curse and mm-hmm. just they're ready to take down snape or just whoever in front yeah, of yeah, everyone yeah. just like yeah. let's, let's they gotta do save it. their friend you know yeah consequences be damned <laughs> yeah one of my favorite quotes it's just kind of a goofy quote is like because <laughs> it quite fit for me for hermione's but she's quite young still and she says just as long as we're not wiping you off the field or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Poor Harry. It cracks me up. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, actually, so one of my quotes kind of leads into the Snape quarrel thing. Mm. So it's when, after winning the match, Harry is going to put his Nimbus 2000 back in the broom shed. Yeah. So he like leaves the locker room and the dialogue or his thoughts are, he couldn't ever remember feeling happier. He'd really done something to be proud of now. No one could say he was just a famous name anymore. Did you write that? Oh my gosh! Oh yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's kind. It's yeah. What do you think about that quote? Well, I mean, this is something that Harry's been dealing with. Obviously, like we've seen this for the entire time that he's been. uh, He's found out who he was or who he's supposed to be. This like I don't know the who's the real Harry Potter. This mysterious legend of harry potter Mm -hmm. um and 
I don't know. It's it also makes sense why he's he's kind of like always nervous and so intense about like Quidditch is the thing that like even though he just magically or you know uh, seems to be just good at it mm-hmm. that he's like okay I can prove myself and there's a lot of proving that's happening. So you have Neville blatantly saying oh you know you don't have to tell me that I'm not brave enough to be in Gryffindor. He actually vocalizes it out loud and it kind of. Um, it seems like it's it's also the way that it's written. It said that he like choked it out. Like it's hard for him to like even say it, and so like putting that out there and um, yeah. Yeah, there's a certain bravery in Neville even vocalizing it. Right, Harry doesn't mm-hmm. vocalize his mm-hmm. his baggage here, but I agree. I mean, I think it's Harry. I like you said legend, and I was thinking myth similarly. Mm-hmm. Like. Harry Potter up until this point is a different person than Harry Potter, the character we're following around. It's this mythical wizard thing. The true Harry hasn't been able to craft himself an identity yet separate from that. He's always overshadowed by, you know, Mm -hmm. some myth of himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his name. Exactly. And so I could, I really appreciated that internal dialogue, that moment. It's something that's, it been a throwaway for me for so long. I don't know that I mm. ever even remembered that mm-hmm. line particularly. And uh, this time around, I was like, huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What an intense moment that really was for Harry, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't really see much of what happens in the classrooms or around schoolwork. I mean, but I also don't imagine that Harry is like, ex- well, we know he's not excelling in potions class. You know, it's not, mm. or that he thinks that Snape is out to get him. And um, so like Hermione has that going for her as like, okay, she at least gets validation because she does well and she like knows things or she's like quick to respond to what happens in classroom settings or whatever. Yeah, so it happens what else pretty quick, have? right? Yeah. Where like... Where whatever insecurities that might have been born out of for Hermione, she she is relatively quick to craft an identity separate from being a Muggleborn. She's the best mm-hmm. in the year, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it. Apparently, you know, even Malfoy, right, kind of yeah. acknowledges it after enough time. Maybe not until the second book, really, but yeah, yeah. And Ron, well, because I'm thinking now of like, well, he has the wizard chess thing, but yeah, I'm trying to think of. So part of it is. Uh, so you're talking about crafting an identity it's like you being the center of your story rather than being a sidekick or being like uh complimentary to someone else who is Mm -hmm. like the person that does anything really it just occurred to me when i was thinking about ron yeah is uh it's possible we know it should be true for harry but it's probably also true for (laughs) ron and maybe hermione these might be their first two friends like really ever, mm. right? Hermione, if we want to build out her backstory, like often know-it-alls struggle to connect with people who would, you know, kind of judge them for such a thing, um, despite it just being, you know, an exhibition of their knowledge. And Ron, probably his family is so big that... uh it might not have ever really occurred to them to think about like making friends before the school because they just can do things with the family. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
which is something that occurred to me. I wonder if like, well, I know it to be true for Harry and like we feel that like, oh my gosh, he has yeah. friends. Like this is so wonderful for him, but it yeah. feels like it might be true for, for them and maybe Neville too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as Harry is having this internal dialogue, that's like when he stumbles upon Snape and Quirrell having some discussion. Yeah, he follows them flying in the air. Yeah, he's just cracks like, me okay, up. Yeah. let's go over here. I just imagine some kind of like jokey com like uh, comedy like a uh, cartoon where Snape's like <laughs> flies over here, flies over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you? I mean, f- as the closer of the chapter goes, it's yeah, it's a bit of confirmation bias for Harry. Like, oh, Snape knows about it, so. Mm-hmm. He knows about the stone and he's pressuring Quirrell. He knows what Fluffy is guarding. He's trying to get by him. So like we just more evidence. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps to a relatively quick conclusion. I mean, it's, I tried to be more sympathetic to his position. Like, is it really reasonable to expect Harry to, to like step back and be like, no, this guy who like abuses me is actually like doing something else. I mean, it, it is, conceivable to me that like it's not it's not up to harry like it's not unreasonable for harry to be like no this guy is messing around here yeah so when i was rereading i what stood out to me was possibly a parallel between snape and quirrell and draco and neville so quirrell being this like stammering like meek and the only reason i thought that was because Hermione or I can't remember if it's Hermione around but I think Hermione says oh so uh the stone is safe as long as Quirrell can stand up to Snape or something like that and that's when Ron's like oh it'll be gone by next Tuesday and so I thought well maybe then the I mean you can have Draco come in and out but like is there an intentionality of having that dynamic happen in this chapter and not in another chapter I mean it does happen in other chapters but like in this chapter specifically you have Draco and he's kind of like picking on Neville and Neville's like he's just like and like trying to like I could envision him as like a little stammering blubbering little dude that's like trying to but failing to stand up to this bully and then from their perspective, our trio sees Quirrell possibly in a similar way because their interactions with Snape are very similar to how Draco interacts with other people, like just very targeted and clearly biased, both Slytherin, like it just fits. I don't know. I mean, knowing nothing else about Quirrell, but... As a budding writer, I love doing this with you, <laughs> not only for myself, but doing it with you because it's... Yeah, what you're saying to me just speaks to her writing. It's purposeful. I mean, it is. It is. She's a queen. She is the queen of parallels. Like, and it's very subconscious, right? We are trying to make the connection, but in other times, I haven't tried mm-hmm. to make the connection. I'm just enjoying page after page without really worrying about what's in one chapter or not. Mm-hmm. And it's a. Uh, she is setting us up. She's setting us up on so many different fronts. To be like. Who are these people, and what are their what are their options? You know, mm-hmm. and it feel that it is totally a parallel, and the conclusion will be quite different for the two scenarios: Snape and Quirrell, and and Neville and and Malfoy, and just Neville and mm-hmm. Quirrell, right? And what their 
what they do in the face of bullying and what is even going mm-hmm. on is just so different. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty phenomenal. But in this chapter, you're absolutely, I'm with you. Like, that is exactly what she's doing. She's saying, like, you know, pinning it on Quirrell is the same as pinning your hope on Neville. Like, he, and Neville just admitted to everyone he's not brave. Mm-hmm. Neville himself said it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, yeah. We are really cruising along. This is chapter 13. Oh, yeah. And we're, it started in the 200s, and we are very close to to ending the book here. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite excited. I'm really excited to, you know, I feel like to graduate in a few a few episodes to, to be able to talk about the book holistically and then start a second book where the tone does shift and, mm-hmm. and you know, we're a year into it and so is Harry and it's, yeah, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, really looking forward to talking about the end of this book. Yes. I think it's, for whatever reason, this book is amazingly written, but it's never uh, one that I've spent too much time thinking about until we started thinking about this podcast. And we had a bunch of different ideas. And uh, yeah, now I'm like so enamored with it. And I'm just so excited about, you know, what's going on in the book. and Uh What it could all mean from Mm -hmm. like a a critique point of view. How are you doing with things? Yeah, I have one more quote, which might be, I mean, it might, it's, it's about the philosopher's stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, and I said this to you earlier today, it's Harry where he's like, they find out, they find out about it and and what it is and he's like a stone that makes gold and stops you from ever dying no wonder snape's after it anyone would want it and the reason why it stands out to me well it's two things it's one it's like okay clearly he's 11 (laughs) because i mean we've talked about life and death a lot and it's just kind of and i had a similar moment with my students where we do these like questions of the day like would you rather be transported 500 years in the past or 500 years in the future and like I don't know it's just playful and people are talking about oh well if you went into the future like modern medicine or whatever it's just like the idea of like maybe you could live longer and it's kind of like well why would you want that and that's a very complicated question or just the idea of eternal life Mm -hmm. going back to Black Mirror San Junipero like would you just want to or at least your consciousness to live on forever outside of yourself like Mm -hmm. those sorts of questions um, whether or not it's actually attainable but the idea of what it means to live and what it means to die and especially how we know how the story goes and I don't know I just think it's a good quote to contrast Perhaps when we get into the later books. And yeah, when you said that, I immediately thought of the last book yeah, and like yeah. the whole premise of it and yeah. and how much Harry will have evolved in his thinking between now and then. Mm-hmm. And he gains, like, in my opinion, a pretty, a pretty awesome perspective and wise perspective mm-hmm. when all is said and done that right now you're right. He just is, <laughs> he's just embodying sort of the very casual. quantitative idea of like oh living longer is better Mm -hmm. and i gotta be honest with you living 600 years sounds freaking awful (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) bless jenna marbles well it made me laugh also that he's 600 or he's listed as 665 years old (laughs) one more year Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
just silly things like that. And uh, maybe this can be the note that we ended on, but as we were talking up this chapter and starting it up, I believe you told me that, uh, did you tell me this or did I read it, that they they changed the title for the U.S. to Sorcerer's Stone instead of Philosopher's Stone because there was a fear that Philosopher's Stone would be rejected as too intellectual. Maybe I just read that. No, on yeah. Uh, for U.S. kid I, markets. I feel like someone said this to us out loud, yeah. but it was not me. Yeah. Yeah. It just cracks me up. Well, yeah. Because there is would always... we read anything about philosophy? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even in this That's uh, not nice allowed young in adult schools. rapper, yeah, right. Well, this isn't even allowed yeah, in no, school, so whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> People. Yeah, I'm satisfied. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, everyone, until next time, Juan's ready. ready.